Good morning and welcome to Whittingshaw Community Church on this wonderful Pentecost Sunday. Now for those that don't know, Pentecost is celebrated on the seventh Sunday that falls on the 50th day of Easter. Now the name comes from a Greek word, Pentecosti, which literally means 50th. Honestly, I can't tell you how excited I am about today's service. Now, but before we jump into the scriptures and we dive into the word, I really would like us to start with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Let us ask God to prepare our hearts as we hear the word this morning. Why don't you just join me? Father, we just want to thank you. We want to honor you. We want to praise you for your goodness and mercy. And as we have gathered here together, Father, to worship you, we want to pray, Father God. We want to hear from you. So use me, Father God, as your instrument this morning. Help me to speak in total truth and clarity this morning. Father, I want to pray right now that you remove all distractions, Father God, that uh, nothing can distract us from what you have prepared for us this morning. We want to dedicate our service to you. Have your way, Holy Spirit, this morning. We invite you on this wonderful Pentecost Sunday. We invite you right now in our service. Touch hearts, touch lives, fill us up with a fresh anointing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, our main scripture for this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. And it reads this. After his suffering, so uh, this is literally uh, after the cross, Jesus presented himself to them and gave many convincing proof that he was still alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, let me just pause here for a second and explain something before we read on. You see what we just read was during the period before the ascension of Jesus, before Jesus permanently ascended into heaven. So what we have here is 40 days between the resurrection Easter Sunday and Jesus' ascension into heaven. And over this period of 40 days, Jesus wanted to give the disciples some final instructions. You see, after the cross, some of the disciples felt defeated. Some of them felt like it was all over. I mean, can you just put yourself in their shoes? I mean, the disciples spent three years with Jesus. Now all of a the sudden, they experienced something that no one should have experienced. Seeing Jesus being crucified on that cross, one of the worst ways to die. And even though Jesus had prepared them, he had given them detailed explanation about his death, some of the disciples felt still uh, like it was all over. So over this period of 40 days, Jesus would appear to them and show them that he was alive. You see, that he was resurrected. And Jesus was giving the disciples some convincing proofs, the Bible says, that he was alive. You see, the Bible says how Jesus would just pop into the room where they were meeting. He would not even use the door. He would just walk through the wall and just appear before them. Now, when some of the disciples were actually convinced that Jesus was alive, the Bible says how Thomas said, I would not believe unless he would literally see the nail marks in Jesus' hand. Not only seeing, but actually putting his finger where the nails were. And not only that, he wanted to put his hand into Jesus' side where the soldier pierced him. So what does Jesus do? 
The Bible says a week later, he just popped in where there were uh, disciples were meeting and he would literally greet them with the words, peace be with you. I am sure the disciples must have been shocked, even freaked out. And then Jesus would say, peace be with you. And then Jesus told Thomas, go on, put your fingers here. See my hands. Thomas, stop doubting and believe. It's really me. So the Bible says in verse 3 that Jesus appeared to them for a period of 40 days. By the way, why don't you just highlight or even underline 40 because that is an important number. You see, anytime there is a mention of a number in the Bible, the number itself usually has a meaning. The number 40 is mentioned about 157 times in the Bible. The number 40 symbolizes a period of testing, a period of trials, or even a period of preparation. When we look in the Bible, uh, let's look at the life of Moses, for example. Moses lived in Egypt for 40 years. And then he, he lived in the desert for 40 years. And then God selected him uh, to lead his people out of slavery. You see, even within those 40 years, Moses was being tested he faced some challenges, he faced some trials, and he was being prepared for what God was calling him to do. When Moses was also in Mount Sinai, he was there for 40 days while he received God's law. Moses also sent spies for 40 days to investigate the land. I'm even amazed how when we look at the Bible, 40 different people wrote the Bible. It is also really interesting how a woman is pregnant for 40 weeks. You see, 40 is a number of preparation. So during these 40 days, Jesus is literally preparing his church for something really, really big. Let me just go back and read it from verse 3. And after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was still alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with the water, but in few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You see, John's baptism was something that the disciples were very familiar with. Because that is a baptism of repentance. That is a baptism of salvation. Then Jesus tells them how in few days they will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was literally preparing them during these 40 days for the most amazing day of the history of the church. So what I want to do this morning is to try and explain Pentecost as simple as I can. To do this, I would like us to look at three Jewish feasts. Now, what is a feast? Feast is simply a holiday. Basically, you stop and you remember something. Then you celebrate that remembrance. Now, these three holidays that the Jewish people celebrate, it corresponds with the journey that God took the children of Israel. You remember, there were slaves in Egypt. Now, the first feast is a remembrance of the day when the angel of death passed over every house that had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. And this is a holiday that every Jew to this day celebrates. And this day is called the Passover. 
Now, the second holiday or feast is 50 days later, and it's a holiday called Pentecost. Now, this is 50 days after they left Egypt, and they were in the Mount Sinai. When Moses goes up into the mountain, then he comes back down with the Ten Commandments, this new law, this new way of living, to help them live their lives in a godly way. And to this day, the Jews celebrate this feast, which is called Pentecost. And the third feast is somewhere at the end of the year, which falls around about harvest season, and it's called Tabernacles. And on this tabernacle holiday, the Jews literally remember the period from the day they got the law until the day they entered the promised land, which is today's modern day Israel. By the way, this was not a very straightforward process. It actually took them 40 years to get there. And that is because they wandered for 40 years and what seemed to be a simple journey took them 40 years to get there. But remember how 40 is a number of preparation. So they spent 40 years in preparation before they entered the promised land. So the third feast is a remembrance of those 40 years of wandering. And this is a holiday called Tabernacles. Now, you might be wondering, how does this even apply to us today? You might also be wondering, as Christians, what part of the Old Testament do we actually follow? Do we need to follow the laws do we need to follow the practices? How much of it do we need to follow? Now, the answer is really simple. Listen, Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, this is what he told us. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. You see, so Jesus tells us how he didn't come to abolish the Old Testament, so they still have a role in our lives. Then Jesus says, I, I came to fulfill them. So this morning, I want us to look at the three feasts. And I want to show you how they are fulfilled in our lives through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you are taking notes, the first feast, the feast of Passover. Now, I want us to look at some of the characteristics that I really believe it will help us today. Early on the Passover day, the Jews would literally get a lamb. And they would cut the throat of the lamb and spill the blood of the lamb at exactly 9 a.m. on the Passover day. So the first thing they would do is the Passover lamb was sacrificed at 9 a.m. The second thing that they would do at exactly 3 p.m. every afternoon is that they would literally put the lamb into the oven. And the lamb would be cooked and would be eaten that night with family and friends. And that is still being practiced in many places today. So the second thing, uh, the lamb was put in the oven at 3 p.m. Now you might be wondering, what is significant about this? You see, this process is to symbolize that the sacrifice covered their sin. Now, what is the covering of sin? It means literally, you have sin, right? And the blood would literally cover the sin. You can't see the sin, it's there, but you can't see it. It's covered by the blood of the Lamb. Now, what did Jesus say? He came to fulfill the Old Testament, right? Now, how does, he, how does Jesus fulfill that? You see, Jesus was sacrificed at 9 a.m. You see, Jesus was put on that cross with nails in his hands at exactly 9 a.m. 
The lamb was sacrificed. You see, at exactly three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus was put into the tomb. So Jesus was put into the tomb at 3 p.m. What is very important here is the fact that Jesus does not cover our sin. You remember in the Old Testament, sin was there. The blood of the lamb would literally cover the sin. You see, Jesus literally, the Bible says how the sacrifice of Jesus literally removes our sin and he remembers them no more. So they're not covered. They're literally gone. And that is the amazing grace of God. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. And the Bible is very clear how Jesus came to fulfill it with every single bit of detail. If you're taking notes, the second feast, the feast of the Pentecost. Do you know what Pentecost means? It means 50. Why 50? Because the feast, the holiday, it takes place 50 days or seven weeks after the Passover. So today, we are seven weeks from the Easter Sunday. It has been 50 days from Easter Sunday. And this has its own characteristics. Remember, this is a feast to remember the event that took place. When God literally gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And on that day, the book of Exodus tells us how a cloud descended with a loud noise and fire. You see, the Bible describes how God wrote His law on the tablet of stone. Now, when Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, some of the people had given up on Moses. You see, they had made a golden calf and started worshipping it. Then the Bible says how uh, the earth literally opened up and swallowed 3,000 people on that day. Then, of course, we know that from that day, God established the nation of Israel. Now, let me just show you how this has now become fulfilled in the New Testament. You see, in the book of Acts, on the day of Pentecost, we read how the Holy Spirit literally descended with a loud sound and with fire. We also know that God, instead of writing His law on tablets, God literally wrote His law on our hearts. Then we can see how 3,000 people didn't die, but 3,000 people got saved and they were baptized on that day. And that was the very, very first church service. And God literally established His church. That is just amazing. Let me just read it from the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came, that's the 50th day, they were all together in one place. Why were they together in one place? Because Jesus said, go and wait. You remember 40 days while he was on the earth? Now wait for another 10 days and in total you have 50. Verse 2, suddenly, this is on the 50th day, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and, and came to rest on, not on, on the mountain, but on each of them. Verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Can you see the characteristics here? This is so, so amazing. Now we will come back to this in a short while. But let's just look at the third feast. If you're taking notes, the third feast is the Feast of Tabernacles. 
Now, this was a holiday to remember how they didn't have a permanent home. And they were literally living on these temporary uh, little tents until they got to the final resting place. And here is the characteristics of a tabernacle. For 40 years, they were wandering and traveling and living in temporary hearts until they ultimately were brought to their final home, the promised land, the nation of Israel. So they celebrated it during the harvest season. It was also called the Feast of Trumpets. Now you might be wondering, how is this actually fulfilled? Now, this is a feast that is not yet been fulfilled. You know why? Because right now, we are living in this temporary earth. We're living and wandering on this temporary earth. Apostle Paul actually said this. We are just aliens and strangers just making our laps. You see, this earth is not our home. But one day, we will be brought to our final home in heaven. Remember, we did a series on this a couple of weeks ago. There will be a great final harvest of people. This is mentioned in the book of Revelation that just before Jesus returns, there will be a great harvest of many people are going to get saved. And there will be the trumpet of sound when Christ Jesus returns. And then we know that there is going to be a trumpet sound, feast of trumpet, that Christ is literally going to return. Remember, this was part of our series. Now, let me just read it again from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 to 17. And this is what it reads. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, we certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. Now, by the way, this is going to actually be physically. It is going to happen on the Mount Olives, which is a valley separating Jerusalem. And this is where Jesus ascended to heaven from. And the Bible tells us how he's coming right back, right where in the same place. We call it the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, then in verse 16, it says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with a voice of archangels, with a trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. So just as we read, on that day, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive will meet them in the clouds. And then there's going to be this massive reunion and we'll be with our Lord forever. And on that day, the feast of the tabernacle is going to be fulfilled. So we can see how Jesus literally died for us. And that is the Passover. And as a result, we are now free. We are no longer slaves. And we know how Jesus will return. Now, now that I've gone through all these three different feasts, I really want to expand on the second feast, the Feast of Pentecost. I really want you to understand this very important fact that God wants this to be fulfilled in every single person. Remember, Jesus told the disciples, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I get this question a lot. Can we go to heaven without receiving the Holy Spirit? You see, what gets us to heaven is what Jesus did on that cross, the blood of Jesus. But while we are here on this earth, God has a way he wants us to live. The way he gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, he wants to write his law into our hearts. 
You see, on the day of Pentecost, when God poured out the Holy Spirit, not many people really understood it. In fact, the Bible tells us how there were a whole lot of people who were mocking them. They, they said that there were a bunch of crazy drunk people. You see, the church is sadly still very divided when it comes to the topic of Pentecost. Now, we are a Pentecostal church, and we really believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe in using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe that there is more to life than being saved and then going to heaven. We believe that God has an assignment for us. And this is when, when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. It is when we receive the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that we can start with the assignment that God has for us. But we, we can only accomplish that through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't do it on our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, sadly the church is really uh, still very divided when it comes to this topic. Just like when it happened in the book of Acts. And Peter got up and said, no, they're not drunk. This is something very beautiful. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 12, Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Now you might be watching this service and you are just wondering, what does this mean? And I want to tell you in a very simple term that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is simply how God just wants to empower you. That's right. That God just wants to empower you. That there is more to this life than being saved and going to heaven. You see, God wants to empower us to give you and I the power in three ways. Now, if you're taking notes, the first thing that he wants to empower you to do is to live righteously. That's right. God wants you to live righteously. Now, what do I mean with that? Remember that Pentecost was all about the law being given. How God gave Moses a set of instructions to give to the people. And we can see all throughout the Old Testament how that just didn't work. Having this external book, list of do's and don'ts that will just tell us how to live. And we'll be punished when we get things wrong. It just didn't work. So God made some changes by sending the Holy Spirit. And instead of just giving you an external set of laws to live by, He wants to write those laws into your heart. He wants to take out the old flesh, your old nature, your old person. And literally instead, He wants to put this new spirit in you, the Holy Spirit and this is why he said in, in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. God is saying, I will pour something new in you. And what happens then? As a result, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I want to tell you that when you truly give your life to God, when you ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life, your whole life will change. You no longer live a life of fear. I better don't sin so I won't go to hell. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you will lose your taste for sin. You will lose your appetite for sin. And all you want to do is literally to serve Him, to serve God. And you might be watching this morning and you saying, you know what, I've been trying my best and this Christianity thing is just literally wearing me out. 
You know, you definitely, I know you definitely don't want to go to hell, but you're struggling. And I want to tell you this morning, you don't need to struggle. God wants to change that in your life. He wants to put a new motivation into you. God wants to put a, a new desire in you. He wants to put a, a, a distaste for sin. He wants to uh, write His law literally on your heart so that your life will be completely changed. See, I want to tell you this morning that when God puts His Holy Spirit in you, your whole motivation changes. Let me show you in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. You see, the real purpose of Pentecost, the meaning of it is that the Lord wants to put a new spirit inside of you. And that is simply to change you, but not only to change you, but also to empower you to live righteously. And here's the second thing. If you're taking notes, He wants to empower you to live supernaturally. Supernaturally meaning God always intended His children, His people, to never have to operate just by what they understand or what they can do themselves. You see, when you have encounter with God, your life will completely be changed. I want to tell you honestly, you see, when I encountered God, when I received the Holy Spirit, my life was completely changed. You see, God supernaturally delivered me from my addictions. I tried so many times to stop, but I couldn't. But when I received the power of the Holy Spirit, God did something new in me. You see, He set me free from all the destruction. He healed me. He delivered me. And I want to tell you that no man could do that. You might be listening to this message and you're facing some impossible situation. I want to tell you that this morning, what you need this morning is an encounter with God. My encounter came when I was at the end of my road. When I realized that I needed a savior. You see, there was no way I could have saved myself. I was just getting deeper and deeper. And when I, in my desperate need of a savior, approached God, he came through. I want to tell you that our God still heals. He still delivers God still performs miracles. Our God is a miracle-working God. Listen to what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 19. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. Listen, we serve a God of wonders. Do you know what wonder is? It's when God does something and you go like, I wonder how that happened. Let me just read that again. I will show wonders in heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and the clouds of smoke. You see, in other words, the glory of God shows up to rescue marriages, to heal people of sicknesses, to deliver people from addiction, to deliver people from depression. You know when you're like just in awe, like how did that even happen? I want to tell you, honestly, church, God did a miracle in my life. Honestly, just before I became Christian, I, I remember I had a bad, bad temper. I had the foulest mouth. I just, I just couldn't say a sentence without even using any cuss words. But I want to tell you, God did a miracle in my life. And I'm still in awe. I'm just wondering, how did that even happen? 
You see, God will show wonders in heavens above and signs on the earth below. What is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit all about? You see, God just wants to enable you to live a supernatural life. You see, God never intended us to go out and to persuade people into Christianity. He never asked us to go and debate people into Christianity. God is the one that does the signs and wonders. I want to tell you, I was on the AOG conference the other day. And I went on this missionary uh, meeting and I was just uh, really, really surprised by this. And, and I want to tell you, do you know what the first thing missionaries do when they go into a village that has never heard the gospel? They ask them to bring all the sick people. That's right. Go home, get all your sick people, come here. You know what they do then? They pray and ask God for signs and wonder. And they pray. And ask God for healing before even they preach the gospel. And you know what? God always comes through. And that's what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Can I get an amen? God's power, I want to tell you church, that it was God who changed my life. And there are some of you this morning that you need to experience the power of God. Listen, what you need, no church can give it to you. No man can give it to you. You need the power of God to rescue you from your situation. And you know it. And I want to just tell you right now that today you can reach out to Him. And He will answer. And this is what Pentecost is all about. And here is a third thing. If you're taking notes, He wants to empower you to fulfill His mission. Listen, this is so, so important. God wants to empower you to fulfill His mission. Why? Because He needs you to bring the good news, the gospel to a dying, confused, a messed up and an evil world. And listen, the real signs and wonders and the power of the Holy Spirit is when 3,000 people are getting saved in one day. It's all about people coming to Christ. And that is what it's all about. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 2, verse 21. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you know, when Peter gave this invitation, right after this, 3,000 people got saved. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. And that means people are convicted to follow Christ, not because of good preaching, but because the Holy Spirit was present. I want to tell you this morning that the Holy Spirit honestly can really do that. Listen, let us not be about being saved and then go to heaven. I mean, that's great and all, and it's really exciting, and I can't wait for that day. But in the between, in between that, while we are still here on this earth, let us really be open to the Holy Spirit work in our life so that we could be empowered to live righteously, so that we could be empowered to live supernaturally, so that we could fulfill God's mission here on this earth while we are here on this earth before we go to be with Him in heaven. Can I get an amen? Come on. Can I get an amen? 
Amen and amen. Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you with supernatural abilities so that you can go and make a difference in this world. As I close, I want to share one more scripture with you in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 to 39. And this is what it reads. Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So this morning, if you're not saved, get saved. If you're not baptized, get baptized. Just wait. As soon as we can baptize you, we'll let you know. And just make sure you get baptized. But don't stop there because it goes on to say, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And this is a promise that our God has made, a promise for you, a promise for your children, a promise for all that the Lord will call. You see, and this morning, wherever you are, wherever you're watching this from home or even at church, receive the Holy Spirit. Why don't you just close your eyes as we pray this morning. Father, we want to thank you for the power of Passover. We want to thank you for the fulfillment of Passover in our lives. We want to thank you for what Jesus did once and for all. Father, we, that we never ever have to sacrifice another lamb because Jesus died for us once and for all and paid for all our sins. We want to thank you for that. We want to honor you for that. God, we also want to thank you that one day we're going to hear the trumpet sound and that we are going to be with you forever. And Father God, we look forward to that day. But in the meantime, Father, would you empower your church to live righteously, to walk supernaturally, and to fulfill your mission here on this earth. Help us to make a difference in the world around us, Father God. Father, you promise that when we repent and when we are baptized for the forgiveness of sin, that you would baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Father, I want to pray for every person that hasn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning. As they raise their hands, Father God, would you just baptize them right now with the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we need your wonder-working power in our life. Fill us up now, Lord Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. This morning, this might be the first time that you have tuned in with us. And you know that you haven't really yet experienced the first feast in your life. Listen, before you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you have to repent and ask for forgiveness. And when you do that, Jesus' sacrifice removes our sin. Listen, Jesus gave His life for you. If you are ready to receive the payment for your sins, and you are saying yes, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. All you have to do is just pray this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I want to commit my life to you. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on that cross for my sins so that I could live for you. I ask for your forgiveness. Come into my heart. It's yours. Thank you for my new life. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. If you pray this prayer for the first time and you're watching this service online, then please contact us by clicking the link that's in the comment section. This will take you to our website. Please fill in your details so that we can contact you and help you with your next step. If you're watching this from church and you pray this prayer for the first time, just raise your hand and one of the leaders will come and help you with your next step. Thank you again for joining our service this morning. Hope to see you again next week. But in the meantime, I pray that you have a blessed week. God bless you.